UFC 228 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before I jump into this really quickly, I just want to say thanks for the support. Thanks for following me. You can check me out on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm. And of course, check out the YouTube page. It's YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. And if you guys can, just like some of the videos and of course, subscribe and we'll go from there. Um, UFC 228. Well, what'd you guys think? I'm going to go right into the main event because after I did the UFC 228 predictions video, then Till and Woodley weighed in. Well, Till came in at 169 and Woodley originally 171 and then he stripped down in 170. And then including that fight, the Valentina fight had a weight issues where her opponent, Nico, pulled out because she was rushed to the hospital and couldn't make weight. And so she had some problems with her kidneys, and apparently she had made a post after that that said uh, had she not been taken to the hospital, she could have died of cardiac arrest. So it's a, ma- it's a major thing, this weight-cutting issues. So I actually did a podcast. It wasn't crazy long, but I did a podcast pointing out, you know, the Till Woodley weight and, of course, the weight issues that Valentina's opponent had, Nico, and the fight being off and how I see all this, you know, dangerous weight cutting going on. And I actually got a bunch of heat. So you guys can check out the video. I'm not going to rehash it all, but go ahead, check out the video. It's on YouTube. And I just got a bunch of heat. In fact, I got so much heat uh, talking about the weight cutting and talking about Till uh, coming in at 169 that people were even downvoting the podcast. They were that pissed. Like I really pissed off not only Till fans, but apparently... MMA fans out there who think that the UFC has no responsibility at all to regulate weight cutting, you know, with rehydration rules or like 30-day weigh-ins, 14-day weigh-ins, 7-day weigh-ins for championship fights. But go ahead and listen to that and you can hear all my opinions on that. But anyway, so I took a lot of heat about this tail issue of coming in at 169. And my point was the dude is so big I never believed all this hype that suddenly had found the key to success of making 170 easily. And everybody pointed to me and said, he didn't just make 170 easily, he made 169. They looked at it as a positive. I looked at it as a negative. They didn't want to hear anything I had to say about it. They thought I was just a total kook. Like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Of course, none of them even knew I was leaning towards Till inside. None of them probably even listened to any of the podcasts. They were just absolutely pissed that I somehow could come to the conclusion that 169 was bad when the guy's trouble making 170. To me, it's common sense. You don't all of a sudden find the key to success of making 170 pounds easily. It's just not going to happen. You can eat right. You can do better, but the guy's big. This isn't a case of a guy who doesn't train hard, a guy who's overweight, a guy who carries a lot of fat, even a guy who carries a lot of muscle. Like Tyron has a big upper body. He's a muscly guy. His legs are huge. The wrestler build. You could even make a case there where, hey, go easier on the weights, try to slim down a little, cut your weight. At least you can make a case there. Till's a wiry guy. He's just huge. So my point was, 
I don't think it was done intentionally as easy as everybody is saying. And then what happened? I got all the hate, people downvoting the videos, people fighting me, blocking me on Twitter. I told you guys about that one guy who uh, was arguing with me about uh, the UFC having no obligation for weight cutting. Well, after I unfollowed him, he immediately blocked me. So we never even got to continue the conversation or finish it or anyway. And this is a guy with 12,000 followers. It just blocks me because apparently he thinks it's okay if fighters die. So this is what I was going through. And I was trying to tell the Till, Till fans, listen guys, what I'm saying is that he put in the work. I'm not saying he didn't put in the work or he didn't do anything right or how he was supposed to. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying this idea that he was doing it to prove to everybody he could do it. And a big F you to the whole world to show, ah, oh, guys, I can really do it, was ridiculous. That's a total ridiculous argument. Who in their right mind believes that? The only people that believe that are people who have never cut weight before. Because knowing how hard it is, especially for Till, who's had problems in the past, nobody who's sane would think that Till just did this for fun. That was pure hell what he went through. So my point was it, it was pure hell. They just started earlier. They did it longer. You know, in the last few days, he said, I'm going to sacrifice to make sure that if I uh, get this fight, I'm come on weight and I can win the title. Because again, he had to make weight to be able to win the title. And apparently that was outside the box thinking and nobody wanted to hear it. Well, if you go back and look at my or listen to my UFC 228 predictions, I basically predicted what was going to happen in this fight. It is spooky. I always try to come from both sides because, again, I don't ever want to tell you who to bet on. And before we get into this, I will tell you, I was leaning till inside. You can go back and listen to the podcast. I'm not trying to hide anything or act like I'm Nostradamus. All I'm saying is I was coming at it from both sides. I always try to do that to say, how could this fighter most likely win? And how could this fighter most likely win, right? So it gives you both sides of what I think. And then we talk it over. You guys listen to me and then you go make your own opinions and decide who you like and what you like and what the odds are because everything changes. But it's basically just a nice little discussion we have. I tell you my thoughts and then you guys use your experience and your expertise and what lines you can get and you make a decision. Well, the the problem with the, the tail fight was I had already pointed out his weight issues. I had already pointed out that I thought he lost to Wonder Boy and that could have been attributed to him missing weight. I already mentioned that. I mentioned that it was only on a, it was only a matter of time before this guy loses due to weight. He's either got to move up or he's going to lose. This this is a not a unique problem to Darren Till. So all you Till fans out there, don't come rushing after me with pitchforks and torches. This is not unique to Till. This is a problem with anybody who cuts a large amount of weight for a long period of time. Soon their body gives out on them. And I, I am going to 100% believe that that weight cut had something to do with the way he looked. Not just because he, because he got his ass dropped, battered, and submitted, but because of that very first round. You could see it was almost shades of the Wonder Boy fight. Wonder Boy fight. He just can't pull the trigger. His body is going forward, but there is almost no offense whatsoever. Watching this fight, I asked myself in the first round, has this guy even thrown or landed a punch on Woodley? I honestly, it has to be a handful, if that many. And there's a reason for that. 
Now, of course, we mentioned that Woodley's an awesome wrestler, and that has to play into the equation because even on the 228 predictions, I said, if Woodley shoots, it can make uh, Till timid. And that was definitely part of it because Woodley came out through a combination shot. He didn't get him down, but then he put him into the clinch and held him on the fence. But Till's, of course, thinking that if I open up, He's going to slip under and take me down. I mentioned that exactly word for word in the UFC 228 predictions. So everything I'm saying, you guys can double check, triple check, check it out, and listen to it, and you'll see exactly what I'm saying is true. So that was one of the issues we were talking about when we were capping the fight. Woodley's wrestling ability. The other thing was the way Woodley fights. Move, 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 shoots in with the right hand. Go back and listen to what I said about the right hand and how powerful it is. That's exactly what he did in the second round. Move, 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 till just barely started to open up. And not only that, his offense was pathetic. The way he was opening up was not even proper nothing. It wasn't even punching. If you look in the first round, he would have his arms spread out and he would literally just push Woodley back. Not with a bald fist, not move his arms, just literally push him back. That That is totally, I mean, I don't even know what that is. That is no type of offense. You're going to push the guy around the cage for five rounds? So he looked off from the start. I told everyone during the week, I thought he looked sickly, like death. You can go back and look at it in my weight cutting video, uh, weight cutting podcast. I said the same thing. I thought he looked sickly. I actually said I thought he looked like death. But he's used to this. So it wasn't anything new to me. It didn't even actually make me uh, want to change the line or the pick. Like, oh, I don't think you guys should take tail. Because he's done it. He's been able to perfect this massive weight gain, massive weight loss, massive rehydration. The only question was, how long was he able to do it until it finally caught up to him? Tonight was the night. But he looked like death on the scales. We talked about Woodley's movement. We talked about his wrestling ability. We talked about his big right hand. And you know what we out, What else we talked about? What happens if Woodley lands that right hand and drops or hurts Till? How does that change your entire capping plan? Well, it goes out the window. I believe those are my exact words. It goes out the window. Like, it's done. Because... Till's game plan relies on being able to go forward and take punches. And if he can't do that, then that is not Darren Till. And that's what happened. Look what happened. The first right hand Woodley jumps in with, hits him clean, drops him, and he spends the next, what, two and a half minutes getting ground and pounded with elbows all over his face doing nothing, purely trying to survive. And not even very good at that. Like, he didn't really clamp down Woodley. He gave Woodley way too much space. Woodley was able to posture up and just drop hammers on him over and over. Am I saying Till's not tough? No, I'm not saying that. Everybody can see he's tough. Tough kid. But he was done, man. When he hit that ground, he was done. The fight was over. Woodley could have easily continued to just ground and pound him. He just set him up for a sweet submission and he tapped him out. But had he not wanted to submit him or it per, not presented it, presented it to himself, then he could have easily just kept hammering him and he would have got him out of there. Till was a shell, man. He, he didn't look, he wasn't ever in the fight. Not one second was he in the fight. Like I said, go back and look at it. I don't think he landed more than 
two or three punches in the first round. And in the second round, he comes out trying to rush forward. And he, I don't even think he landed the punch on Woodley that he was trying to throw when Woodley countered him with the right hand and put him down. And then from there, it was a whitewash. It was over. It was, it was done, man. That fight was over. So I told everyone on Twitter after this happened, all you people out there that gave me so much hell, just riding me left and right about this 169, 170 and how he had found the key to success and all this, better not utter the words, he needs to move up to 185. That better not be said because that's all I heard was from everybody was that this man had suddenly found the key and he was going to win and he was going to reign at 170 forever. Right? Because if he found the key, then he should be able to fight at 170 pounds indefinitely. There is no question about moving up to 185. Forget that Till himself had said if he won, he wanted to defend the title once and move up to 185. Forget that he had already mentioned that he wanted to go up to 185 during fight week. Forget all that. Like people are throwing me videos left and right after the weigh-in where Till saying, um... Yeah, this was the easiest cut ever, and I felt so good, and it just melted off, and right, this is their proof. I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Because Till's telling you it was a good cut. Well, shit, what were those results? If that was a good cut, I'd hate to see a bad cut. Now, people are going to say, yeah, it's because Woodley is good. Yeah, he is good. There's no question. But what I'm saying is, the way your body reacts, the way it moves, the things it can't do, the way you take a punch is directly related to weight. It's directly related to how you balloon up, how much you rehydrate, how much you cut. This, I know these things because I bet on this. I'm not a Till fan. I'm not a Woodley fan. I bet to win. These people are fans. There's a difference. And like I said, I have no problem discussing things with people, different opinions, debating. But all I'm saying is own up to it. I technically wasn't even on the right side, guys. I was leaning Till inside. It just so happens to be that I predicted exactly what would happen or exactly what could happen with the way these two fight. I outlined the problems that Till faced. I outlined the benefits that Woodley brings to the octagon. I even said he could do this. Like he could move around pot shot, rest, 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 move around pot shot and win on the cards. And that's exactly how he was going to fight. He was going to fight the exact same way he always fights because his wrestling ability and his power punching in the right hand allows him to fight this way. Because if you come at him, he can counter you and then he can also slip under. So if you come at him and he counters you and you take the punch, then immediately he's in wrestling distance and he shoots under and tries to take you down. Even if he doesn't take you down, then he'll drive you across the cage and put you in clinch position and the dude is strong. Then he can drop down for singles or doubles or just hold you in the clinch. Now when you do break, what's going through that fighter's mind? Immediately he's thinking, I can't throw this many punches. I have to stay on the outside. Because if I come in close, he's going to shoot and take me down or clinch me again. So what happens? How does that benefit Woodley? It benefits Woodley because he's fast and he has a good right hand. So when you stay at distance with him, he shoots that right hand from distance and cracks you on the face. His safety net is if that right hand misses, he's back in wrestling range. He did the exact same thing to Wonder Boy. That's why Wonder Boy, who has a kicking offense, a hand offense, right, the Taekwondo master, was so tentative to let his punches and kicks go. 
because of the, of the adversity that Woodley brings if you just try to bum rush him or even just standing on the outside. How many times did Woodley hit uh, Wonder Boy from the outside? He can do it. He has perfected that style. That's why I thought the only way that Till would be able to win was white on rice, right on top of him. I didn't see any other way he could win. And I mentioned that when we were talking about the straight bat and the decisions. I said there's no reason to take Till straight because I don't think he can win a decision. If he's on top of Woodley enough to hurt him and knock him around and be in that distance without being taken down, he's probably going to stop Woodley. That was the right game plan. But immediately, Till was timid. Immediately, he was timid. I don't know if his body wasn't functioning right. I don't know if it was a combination of he's drained, didn't hydrate right, rehydrated too much, not enough. The the skills that Woodley brings, a whole package, a combination. Personally, I believe it was everything. To me, this was bound to happen. It didn't matter to me if he beat Woodley. It was bound to happen. I was tweeting out with people earlier today that it was only a matter of time. He's either going to have to move up or he's going to lose in the cage because your body just can't do it. But apparently people thought I was insane even though there's so much history out there of fighters doing this exact same thing. It's not just because it's Darren Till. It's because of body. Your, your body just can't do it. It starts to just wear down. He's a young kid, but his body ain't young. He's put his body through hell, man. That's why fighters like Floyd Mayweather and Bernard Hopkins have done so well late in their career because they always maintain their weight outside of fighting and they were always in the gym. They are freaking gym rats. They maintain, and it doesn't matter if you see them drinking a Coke or eating a McDonald's hamburger. The fact of the matter is when they when the cameras aren't around and nobody is around, they're working. They're disciplined. It's not just hard work. You have to be disciplined too. And that's one of the reasons I personally believe they were able to excel so late in their career. And Hopkins even later. The guy was like 48 years old, man. I mean, that is amazing. You've got kids like Till getting blasted out and looking like death on the scales. Go show me where Bernard and Floyd look like death. Go show me where the division they fight in, where they just look like they should never fight again. Like they, it's so dangerous, they shouldn't even lace up the gloves. You won't see that. So I don't want people making excuses for Darren Till now about his weight. I brought all those issues up and said it was a matter of time and got nothing but heat for it. Nothing but pure hate. Like I said, people who don't even follow me, people who don't even interact with me, people who don't even listen to the podcast on YouTube are coming over there, uh, downvoting and then blocking me and then getting into Twitter wars with me. All because I said, man, this isn't healthy. Like this kid should be moved up already. How long can he keep doing it? Man, did I create a firestorm by just pointing out what I thought was the obvious. So all you guys that backed Woodley or listened to the podcast and hopefully it got you on the right side or maybe even the under. Like I said, we talked about everything in that. So if you have questions about what was said or if you want to make sure what I'm telling you now was accurate, go back. It's UFC 228 fight predictions and it's on youtube you can easily find it on my channel and then you can check it out listen to it and if you want to comment to me comment on this podcast uh that's going to go up on youtube or on that one whatever as long as i get the notifications i usually try to reply sometimes they're quirky on youtube 
So, like, there'll be a comet there for three days or something. And I'm like, where did this comet come from? I never even saw it. Like, I literally have to go through the back end and click on the comets. It's a pain. But I don't know if that's a bug or if that's just something I'm doing wrong. But the other thing I want to talk about is the Andrage fight. Uh, that pretty much went like we talked as well. Like, that was, wow, that was brutal. And the problem with that is because Carolina doesn't have power, and we mentioned that. Like, she has technical skills, but has absolutely no power. So Andrage just rushed her, literally rushed after her, throwing wild, crazy punches. But you could tell straight out of the gate, the first 15 or 20 seconds, that Carolina was in trouble. You could just you could just tell like she was getting hit clean and you could just tell that she was not used to fending off that kind of attack and she didn't know what to do like she immediately tried to go into her traditional you know boxing defense try to create distance try to uh, use some kicks to make range and this type of thing but it wasn't working because she had nothing that could keep Jessica off of her. So Jessica wasn't worried about her punching power. She wasn't worried about getting head kicked. So all she did was go right after her. And eventually, boom, snap, crackle, pop, over. So I can't say I was really surprised with that. I, I believe I mentioned to you guys it would go probably Andrage inside or Carolina by decision, which was really high. I think it was almost like six to one, which on paper is a nice bet. I think I even mentioned that like, because if she was going to win, that's how she would have been able to win because there's no way she was going to stop Jessica. And she just doesn't fight that way. Like even when she's aggressive, it's really pity pat, no power. And that's going to be a problem for her because now that people realize you can just walk through her, anybody that has any type of power or wrestling ability or submission ability is going to try to close that distance. And once you take that range range away from her, she's really weak. She's weak in the punches. She's weak in the clinch. And of course the ground game isn't her thing. So that's something that we'll probably touch on on future fights when she fights and things that we'll have to look at if we want to back her or if we're going to fade her obviously then those are things that we can touch on and say hey you know we've seen a little trend here could this person she's fighting do that same thing the other fight that we talked about was uh, Tatiana Suarez and Carla Esparza that one uh, Tatiana wasn't favored to win inside she was actually almost I think two to one inside and I believe I told you guys that I liked that that I thought that she was just bigger and a better wrestler and I thought that with her submission ability and just overall size it was a huge I mean these two look like different division huge size difference that I thought that was a possibility that she may get Esparza out of there. And it went the way we thought. Like, she dominated from the opening bell. And she just manhandled her, man. She's just too big, too good with her top top control in the wrestling position. And she'd just pick her up and throw her down. And then Carla, who's small, she's talented, but she's small. And that makes a difference. Size matters. <laughs> you get it size matters um she was just so much bigger so she would just hold her down and she didn't just wrestle her man she really did awesome with the ground and pound swelled up her face really bad after the first round with massive elbows it was like after the second round of the same thing over and over 
I was starting to get this feeling like maybe we're not gonna we're not gonna get to the cards. Like how much more could she take? She looked really beat down in between rounds. And then the third round started out the same, you know, just beat down, beat down because you're grinding. Not only are you getting hit, but man, that's weight. You're holding your opponent's weight all on top of you. You're trying to shrimp, you're trying to move, you're trying to throw up submissions, you're trying to grip fight. You're doing all this stuff that just saps all of your energy and the next thing you know your body just starts getting weak and that leads into not being able to get up so she wasn't able to get up consistently in the first round she wasn't able to get up consistently in the second round and she wasn't able to get up consistently in the third round and so you start to wear down and so those punches that you were able to take and maybe avoid or you know didn't hurt you too bad start to really do damage and so that was the case towards the end of the third and we were getting very late into the third I don't want to say if it was 10 seconds but we were very close but Tatiana was just in that position too long for the course of the fight and doing too much damage that the ref finally stepped in. And I think you could have made a case either way that Carla would have made it the distance if the ref didn't stop step in. I definitely would agree with that. Like, had anybody taken Tatiana by decision, man, that's a bad beat because it was there. And anybody that took Tatiana inside, we got a gift right there at the end because even though I can make a case that it should have been stopped because she did take a bad beating, I could see with like if it was 10 or 20 seconds left, most top-tier fighters are able to survive that even though Tatiana was doing a nice ground and pound at the time the ref stopped in I wouldn't argue either way like I'm happy that I got the inside and hopefully you guys got the inside but I feel bad for anybody that took Tatiana uh, by decision because that was most likely going to occur with like I said don't quote me on the time I'd have to double check but I would definitely say it was probably within 30 seconds and I believe it was somewhere in that 10 to 20 second um Obviously, the Valentina fight didn't come off. Again, I touched on that in the weight cutting video if you guys want to check that. And upvote it for me, guys. Come on, overcome these till guys that were just oh so upset. I'm sorry, till guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean. I'm just telling you what I think. I tell you guys, I'm honest, not plastic. So I'm always going to tell you the truth. And I give you guys a warning. I understand I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But you don't have to hate me. You don't have to agree with me. But don't hate me, guys. Come on. Uh, the Valentina fight, I think we would have hit that. I told you guys uh, she was way too high to bat uh, straight. It was something like 1,200, something crazy. And then even her inside the distance, I believe, was pushing like 3 to 1. But we found a sweet little gym in there that was uh, won't go 5 full. And it was something crazy like it opened at plus 140. That was ridiculous. And then you find out that Nico had all these troubles cutting weight and actual problems with her kidneys. That fight would have went under, guys. That is a bad beat for us. If she would have weighed in, Valentina would have stopped her and we would have cashed at an awesome number granted everybody's going to get their money back including me but that was an awesome number on the won't go and i just i didn't know that nico had all these weight issues going in i just didn't believe nico was on her level and i believe valentina was going to outclass her and that would lead to a stoppage but good lord once i found out about being rushed to the hospital and then her talking about her kidneys blowing out and uh potential cardiac arrest that's dangerous like 
and she was stripped of the title. I, I updated that in the comments on that weight cutting video, but just to let you guys know in case you don't listen, she was stripped of the title, and Valentina is supposed to fight for the vacant title later this year. I didn't hear an opponent yet, but Valentina will be fighting for that title, and I'm not sure what's going on with Nico. Like, if it is just a weight cutting thing and she didn't really damage her body terribly, then I'm sure she'll probably be back in three to six months. But that goes right back into the weight cutting stuff, guys. This has to be taken care of, man. You just simply can't keep doing this. Something bad is going to happen. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it is. You've got this happening way too much. And it's just, it's not going to get better until people force these fighters to play by the rules because the fighters are looking for every advantage possible. Like some of these girls like Carla, you know, she's 5'2". She's going to try to make the lowest weight she can. I mean, you, she's already getting manhandled, right? And you've even got men. So, you know, if you're 5'3", or you're 5'4", look how big Till is, right? And he was still trying to cut down. So he has that huge advantage of size. And then he rehydrates at least 20 pounds. You're not going to tell me it was no lighter than 190. 190 in that cage tonight. Hell, I've seen fighters, boxers, small guys, 140, 147 pounds that rehydrate 15 to 20 pounds. So there's no way till rehydrated less than 20 pounds. So that was another thing that Woodley was facing. So it goes to show you what happens when you cut that body down. He didn't look like he had the strength advantage anywhere in that fight, including in the clinch. So that's things that fighters are going to keep doing, though, because they want to get as low as possible to get the biggest advantage possible when they're actually in their fighting. That's why I believe we need 30-day uh, weigh-in checks for championship fights, and we need rehydration clauses for everybody. This way it can be checked that you're not rehydrating and trying this game, because not only is it unfair when... You're fighting a guy like Floyd. Floyd always fought a few pounds. He would weigh in sometimes at 47 and be like 50 on the night of the fight. And then he's fighting guys that have bloomed up 10, 15, 18 pounds. So if you're talking about level playing field, they may weigh in at the same, but they're not actually fighting at the same. So Floyd is taking punches from a man that's potentially 10 to 20 pounds heavier than he is. So there's a whole fair aspect of it. And then, of course, there, there's the whole danger aspect of what they're doing to their body. And obviously, we talked about the Darren Till fight and how that went down. The only other thing I think I mentioned on the UFC 228, which I don't think we made an official pick. You'll have to check. But was the... Um, Craig White, Diego Sanchez. Sanchez was the underdog. He didn't end up winning a decision. Um, the only thing I can say about this fight is I still think he's far past his sell-by date. Um, I didn't see anything from him that made me think he's back or anything like that. In fact, the little bit of striking they did on the feet, I thought he looked terrible. And had they stayed on the feet, Craig White would have knocked him out. It's just that Craig has no takedown defense whatsoever. Diego has good wrestling, so he was able to take him down and lay on him for three rounds. And that's pretty much how it went. The only thing I could say like for future betting is if the books are crazy enough to put Diego as a favorite, it would probably have to be against somebody like a Craig White, to be honest with you. I can't see the books being fooled enough from this performance to put him as a favorite. The public is different. If the public 
overrates this performance and thinks that he's back, maybe you'll be able to get a good line on his opponent. So if the books open him up, say a plus two to one underdog, and then people say, well, Diego just won. He went three rounds. He's back. It does, you know, some kind of crazy analysis about that performance over Craig White, who we mentioned going into the fight was not very good himself. That's one of the reasons like I normally would have said, just take the underdog. I believe I said that in the podcast, but because it was Diego Sanchez, I didn't even want to tell you guys to take like the plus 195 on Diego. I'm like, he's so bad. I don't know if I can go out on the limb and tell you guys to take Diego, but that would be the only way as he comes out like uh two to one underdog. I don't ever think he's going to be favored again. If he comes out like two to one underdog, some type of crazy public money comes in and he gets bet down. So his opponent gets bet down, right? Like maybe he was 250. His opponent drops to two. Diego drops to 150, something like that. And you wanted to fade him. I think that's how you could do it. But otherwise, I think you're going to get pretty much the same thing from the books on Diego. They're just too smart for that. And I don't think they would fall for that performance because even though he won, it wasn't anything great. And I don't think there would be too many people out there telling you that Diego looked like he was back or like he's headed for a couple of one streak wins or anything like that. So that's pretty much it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.